Blog Talk Radio. NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, is senior staff writer, co-host, and bonafide member of the Fantasy Pros Major League Baseball News Desk, Ryan Whitfield. How you doing, Ryan? Well, I, I must be doing something right. My sign-on's getting longer and longer, but I'm doing well. How about you? <laughs> so... I have to ask, so, uh, again, everybody, uh, I will say again that we are at 7.30 p.m. on Monday night because someone on this podcast has to watch The Bachelorette. So before we get to that, let's just say uh, there have been a lot of uh, shakeup in the sports world over the last uh, couple of days. Uh, of course, there's everything that's going on in the World Cup. You know, they've got Russia then winning there. We also got even bigger news, LeBron James to the Lakers, John Tavares to the Maple Leafs. Not a lot of stuff going on in the NFL, but we're gonna we're gonna focus on that in a second. So, but let me ask you this, Ryan: Any of that stuff interests you at all? This LeBron James to the Lakers thing, John Tavares to the Maple Leafs, you know, Russia actually winning a game, and who knows? Maybe there's some sort of doping there. Just saying, just saying, they wouldn't have qualified for the World Cup in the regular year. But I'm just saying. So, what? Any of that stuff stick out to you? Yeah, so I'll work my way through all three. Uh, quickly, LeBron James going to the West uh, means that my Celtics will be in the NBA Finals this year, so I'm grateful for that. <laughs> right, uh, right. Jonathan Tavares to the Leafs. You know, I- I'm a big fan of loser franchises staying loser franchises. Uh, so I-, I dislike that very much because I, I enjoy the misery that is, uh, you know, being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and it's, it's something to-, to laugh at from afar. So um, I- I'm, not- I'm not a fan of that move. And then lastly... Uh, as far as the World Cup, I am a, I am just your atypical crappy American who uh, who does watch the World Cup when the when the U.S. is in it, uh, but could care less right now with the U.S. out of it. Right, right. I I think you you along with ninety uh, probably ninety five to ninety six percent of Americans are on the same page. Uh, so not surprising in the least. But let me get to the important part of this intro, and that's, why don't you get us up to date here on The Bachelorette? I'll admit, I haven't seen the recent episodes we missed last week. Where are we right now? Is that fantasy guy still on the show? Wow, something I can stick my teeth into now. Um, no, unfortunately, <laughs> PFF Mike, um, who did not receive a lot of camera time, is, is officially gone. So uh, that was pretty heartbreaking. Clay Harbor with a broken wrist had to leave. So we're down to one guy, Colton... Well, I don't remember what his last name is, right? Um, but whatever. He's the. And I don't think he ever. I think he was on a couple of practice squads and then some camps. I don't think he ever played professionally. But he's the only football guy left. Uh, so by default, he's the one I'm rooting for at this point. Um, but it's been, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, pretty bad season so far. A lot of a lot of drama <laughs> build up over fights and stuff. Like there was a there was this one episode, two episodes ago, where they were previewing these two guys who were fighting the entire time and that one of them was going to the hospital and then you found out that the one that went to the hospital just fell out of a, out of a bunk bed. I just dropped <laughs> uh, and smashed his face and ended up having to go to, like, uh, go to the emergency room for that. So a lot of buildup, not a lot of payoff so far, but, you know, it's what we do to get through until the football season starts. You know, I've got I have uh, Big Brother going on, too, on CBS. So uh, shout-out nice. to CBS. I'll, I'll, I'll be, uh, be in touch for sponsorships. Oh, nice. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Big Brother, did you say? You still watch Big Brother, did you say? Still, it's the great it's the greatest reality show on T V, man. You gotta you gotta watch that. <laughs> That's my it's it's Survivor in a house. So I will I will say this. I will say this because I, I don't I don't watch Big Brother, but we did watch it a long time ago. One of my wife's 
high school friends, actually one big brother back a long time ago, uh, June, it was like probably like fourth or fifth or sixth season, like right, right at the beginning. So I did watch a lot of big brother at one point in time. Um, yeah. You know what happens on the show? Not necessarily in real life. I found out. So yeah, you know, this, uh, but it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I won't, I won't get on your case about that. I've already took my shot at you on the bachelorette. And besides we got lots of NFL news to talk <laughs> about. So let's go ahead and get rolling. All right, so let's start with Jameis Winston. So we didn't have a podcast last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but it is now official. The NFL has officially suspended Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston three games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Winston will not appeal this after reaching a negotiated settlement with the league, and in the statement, Winston essentially admitted to groping an Uber driver on March of 2016 when he stated that, quote, it is uncharacteristic of me, and I genuinely apologize. He wanted to say that he has eliminated alcohol from his life. Now, the NFL further warned that a future violation of the personal conduct policy will result in more substantial discipline, including a potential ban from the NFL. Now, he is due a guaranteed for injury only $21 million in 2019 before his contract expires in the spring of 2020. That leaves... Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm for the Bucks for at least the first three games of the upcoming regular season, and he will be st- he will be there against the New Orleans Saints, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, all three of which have relatively imposing defenses. Now, Winston is eligible to return in Week Four and a road game against my Chicago Bears. But the question is, what impact does Jameis Winston's suspension have on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, for the regular season, and? As on the impact of the the uh, fantasy production of the uh, of the offense, symptom of a cause with Jameis Winston. Uh, we had Nick Sparks uh, from the Beerfield Fantasy Podcast. You can check him out on Twitter at Beerfield FF or Beer FF. I don't remember. Y'all also get that show here. But <laughs> I digress. Beerfield Fantasy. It's pretty much Beerfield Fantasy anywhere you, you find him. Um, yes, right. And he had uh, surprisingly had Jameis Winston in his top ten in fantasy football rankings for, for quarterbacks, and, and me and you at length discussed it. And I think I said, and this, this is one of my uh, common phrases, I think, over the years, that, you know, it's intangible. It's not something you can measure. Although, I mean, I guess if you pulled his crime log at this point, you could. But it's always <laughs> something with Jameis Winston. Yeah. It's always something. And what a joke. What an absolute joke of a line that is. That, that this doesn't represent me. You're the same kid who in college, I believe it was Oregon, was doing the, the no, no, right. me, no. You've been sexually assaulting girls since, since, since the beginning of time. So, you know, this, <laughs> this, this idea that this isn't him, he's a, I, I don't know what it is because it's, it's so much different than, you know, it, it's almost like antisocial disorder where he mimics emotion and, and compassion and, and and almost you know you look at somebody like Josh Gordon or Johnny Manziel, and, yep. and you can just see trouble in the attitude and stuff. And Jameis comes off as this fun-loving, nice guy who has has a, has a verbal you know whatever I don't know what the exact charge was during the crab legs thing. We have the crab legs thing, the rape <laughs> right. allegation, now yep. sexually groping somebody. It's just he's just he's not a good person. And I don't care how much he smiles and laughs and he's a nice guy. Like there's a, there's something there. And, and he's bad news. And so, you know, for, for, for the ramifications for the San Bay Buccaneers, what, is that this guy was supposed to be the guy to, you know, alter the franchise. And I just, right. how could you bet on him? You know, from a front office standpoint, how can you make this the face of your franchise going forward? Forget the suspension. I mean, at some point with the, 
you know, the, the climate we're in now, somebody's going to stand up and say, this guy can't be the face of, of our organization. Uh, for fantasy implications this year, there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense. You know, uh, Mike Evans is about the only guy you can really, really rely on. And I still think that he's, you know, a lower level a wide receiver one in the first place. And now you throw this in there. You know, I just, it's just Tampa Bay just still seems so dysfunctional, untouchable to me in, in betting in real life or, or betting in franchise sports, I mean, fantasy sports. Yeah, so I, I agree. In, in real life, I think it's time for Tampa Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree with you. They need, they need to look to move on. They don't really have anybody there. Uh, they got to stick it out with Winston this year. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick clearly is not the answer, the long-term answer, um, not even the bridge answer, as we found out when his tenure of the Jets. So they're going to have to plan for the future and see what they can do about that. Either they draft somebody or um, they, they pick somebody up in free agency at the end of the next year. But, um, but that being said, um, from a fantasy perspective, Mike Evans, uh, as you said, is the only one, one of the guys that I think is, is really interesting still. He actually had a significant percentage of the targets regardless of quarterback. In fact, he had the highest percentage of targets in every game last year, regardless of quarterback. Now, you may recall that Ryan Fitzpatrick did play uh, start three games in a row near the end of the season. And when he did start those three games, he was pretty much comparable to what you find from Jameis Winston. Now, if you look at the entirety of 2017, Winston had a completion percentage of 64.2% and a QBR of 48.2. Fitzpatrick had a completion percentage of 59.3% and a QBR that was higher at 54.4. So I don't know if there's a huge difference. And I, I kind of delved a little bit deeper, and I went to my favorite site, Football Outsiders, which might not be my favorite site if you end up being associated with Pro Football Focus, but let's just keep it there for a second. They do DVOA, as we have talked about many times. This is the, the number that represents the value for play over an average quarterback in the same game situation. And Winston only had a 14.3% in that rating, whereas Fitzpatrick had a 173 He would have been the 11th best DVOA among starting, starting quarterbacks if Fitzpatrick had over 200 pass attempts last year. He only had 170. So my point is that I think that if you were going to draft anybody uh, in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, um, you probably would still draft them at around the same point. I, I would drop them a couple spots here and there, but I don't think I would drop Mike Evans that far. Uh, I think Deshaun Jackson is still kind of just a flyer, not somebody I would want to count on. And the one, the, the two guys that I think is going to be impacted the most, O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid, we saw that with between O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid that the targets actually uh, changed dramatically depending on who was behind center. Uh, interestingly, if Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cameron Braid had three, three and two targets. OJ Howard had basically four targets a game. Uh, when Winston came back, uh, OJ Howard dropped down to three targets and Cameron Braid went up to over four. So essentially we we're seeing here is that Ryan Fitzpatrick does show a little bit of a tendency to, to target OJ Howard, which is good because we all are expecting OJ Howard to take a step forward and, and Cameron Braid, maybe he'll take a step back. But, that being said, do you have any thoughts on, on those tight ends? Would you actually even touch either one, Howard or Brait, in a standard uh, fantasy football league? Yes, but only because the tight end position is really three, you know, three, four guys, and then everybody else is kind of a crapshoot. So, you know, at that position, you know, I'm probably streaming or, you know, taking two guys with, with upside right. potential. So in situations like that, because again, it's you know it's really Kelsey Gronk and you know maybe Ingram's in that class now and then everybody else. So um, right. you know or or you know, there's, there's a couple guys, but yeah. So it's just it's just the you know it's it's a small handful, probably five or less guys that you can really rely on 
And if you're in a 12-team league, then seven of you are in a completely different position. And, right. you know, in the case of Gronkowski, who, who's, you know, constantly hurt and missing games, you know, even even that he's not a safe bet to play the whole season. So, I mean, you right. have to just because that position, again, is just such a, a roll of the dice and, you know, you gotta you got to figure out something there. So you can't stay away from them. But I just – overall, I mean – it's just starting to feel like that's going to be a really bad year in Tampa, and I, and I, I want to stay as far away from Tampa Bay as possible right now. Right. And do you have any opinion on whether this impacts their, run, their ground game at all with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, or do you think it's basically uh, the same game plan as they've had all along? Yeah, I think it's going to be the same game plan, and I've, I've dug in more and more and getting my preseason work and looking at those two guys, and I know there's a lot of differing opinions on Ronald Jones, and I've come – kind of gone back and forth when I'm at the spot now where uh, he's he might be my my lowest end rookie uh, rated going mm-hmm. into this year. I'm really out on Ronald Jones right now uh, and if they and, and it's not because of workload I just think that him and Peyton Barber just aren't aren't good running backs and it just it just feels again like this going into the season and it feels kind of like one of those turning points where those, they've been on the cusp and it's right. like are they going to turn the corner on that offense and that team and you either go one or two ways, either turn it or you go completely south, and it feels like that thing's about to go real south. And right. you know, it, work workload matters in fantasy sports, but being on a good offense matters more. And just it just reset dysfunction, and like that, that's going to be a really bad situation all year. Right, right. I, I agree with that. I, I would probably I was staying away to begin with. I'm staying away more now. I still would draft Mike Evans uh, pretty high, either back in the first round, beginning of the second round. But the rest of those guys, I agree, are not are not people I'm chomping at the bit to get. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, next guy. We'll go ahead and uh, ring the bell on that. Let's talk about Cam Chancellor. So Seahawks strong safety Cam Chancellor announced he was not clear to play after last year's neck injury. Now, Chancellor had a neck scan in April, and it ultimately showed no healing, so he posted Twitter what was essentially a retirement announcement. Now, doctors had informed Chancellor that he risked paralysis by continuing to play. He's he's probably one of the best strong safeties of his time, and without him, the Legion of Boom is likely officially a thing of the past. Now, Chancellor made four Pro Bowls, forced 21 turnovers as a 93-game starter, Seahawks are turning to Bradley McDougald as their new starting strong safety. So question is, does this in any way, uh, how does this impact Seahawks uh, in, in, in the NFL as far as the regular season? And how does this impact the Seahawks as far as fantasy production or the fantasy production of other players? Yeah, it's a sad day uh, for me, especially, um, you know, I think you're, you know, you, me and you are guys who, uh, you know, we're not we're not in our early twenties or teenage years, and the game of football has changed so much. <laughs> That's for and sure. That, that Seahawks defense was a throwback. You know, I even look at the Broncos, who were dominant a couple of years ago, and they they were more about athleticism, speed, and finesse, and and they had some hitters, but that that might be the last of a dying breed. And even as a grown ass man, I was walking around, you know, during 2014, 2015, yelling out "lob." It's it's no. <laughs> I think I let my Seahawks fandom fly on this show more than I do uh, my Patriots fandom at times. There's right. no bigger fan of that secondary than me. And, the, I mean, the most iconic moment for me, uh, and it happened against my, um, you know, my Patriots. And I, when I think of the Legion of Boom, I don't just think Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and Cam Chancellor. But, you know, I have to throw in Brandon Browner when they were that, that first year mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl when they first were, sure. were rising. And if you don't remember, go back and watch the 2012 uh, Brandon Browner hit on Wes Welker 
in uh, uh, up in Seattle that he hit he hit Wes Walker so hard I had CTE after watching it. It is one of the most <laughs> vicious plays you'll ever see. Cam Chancellor was my favorite in that group for the way he played. Richard Sherman was my favorite for his mouth. They backed yep. it up. They were they were elite. They were terrifying, and it worked great because. Earl Thomas is such a, I would say, like aesthetically beautiful player to watch. He reads plays perfectly. He's in the right spot. And it worked because Cam Chancellor was down there head hunting over the middle. So yep. <laughs> people didn't want to go over the middle. So the yep. run, you know, post routes over the top. And then Earl Thomas was back there to shut down the play. It was, um, you know, it's a sad day. I'll, you know, one of my favorite sports moments will forever be uh, Richard Sherman with Aaron Andrews after, <laughs> after he shut down Crabtree. Uh, yeah, in the, that's right. In the, in the NFC Championship game, yeah. um, one of the most. I mean, they were they were all attitude, all heart, and it's just it's a sad day, you know. And that's a long way to ten that I just think that that Seattle run is over. Um, they should have managed contracts better. They the guys that they should have locked up, you know, they they didn't. I think they whipped on a lot of personnel decisions, and they had so many great drafts there years in and years out to develop right. that thing. Um, and you know it's sad that they're going to come away. Well, not truly sad because their second one a little bit against the Patriots, but for historical, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, point of view, it's, it's you know I think it's it's sad that I think you'll have to look at them as they underachieved. They were that good and that dominant, and to come away with one Super Bowl championship feels like they didn't get enough. Um, but you know it's just not going to be the same. I mean, you think about the the Minnesota game, the playoff game. I think it was it was a wild card division around a couple years ago. In it was the, one of the years that Minnesota was stuck playing on the Minnesota University uh, stadium, yep. and it was like five degrees out. And just to watch Cam Chancellor out there with that black visor walking around, that that cold breath spilling out, it was uh, a terrifying moment. So uh, yep. yeah, it, it's it's a it's a sign that Seattle's officially in a rebuild. Russell Wilson will keep him competitive, uh, but they got to retool on the fly now. And it's just uh, you know I heard rumors at the end of last year. They weren't sure if Cam would ever be healthy enough to play again. I hope that, that wasn't the case. Um, he, he'll, he'll go down, you know, for people who grew up in the 90s, it was, you know, Steve Atwater. For me, it'll be Cam Chancellor as, as my probably my all-time favorite safety to watch play. Yep, well, for sure. I totally agree with all that. It was uh, It is definitely a time, and it's it will be missed. It's something that was I look forward to each and every week. Uh, even though not being a Seahawks fan, watching that defense play was just a lot of fun, as long as they weren't facing my Bears. So there's that. Hey, let us uh, let me ask you about the fantasy side of this. Do you think there's any fantasy impact here of Chancellor not being there? And uh, obviously uh, we don't have Richard Sherman there anymore, and Earl Thomas is holding out. Any impact on the uh, for fantasy football? Yeah, this is my thought and has been my thought, because I keep hearing – and I think they got some decent young pieces, but there there isn't that weird bridge gap on defense. So, um, and they're just not going to dominate the way they used to. So you can't rely on your run game. And I honestly, where we stand right now, I feel like Seattle is going to be trailing a lot this season, and it's going to be right. on Russell Wilson to pull out, uh, you know, pull rabbits out of hats all year. Oh yeah. And so Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin, yeah, I'll, I'll take fantasy stocks in them. Uh, I'm just still not really in on Rashard Penny. I just don't think – I don't think you want to slow down the game and play a, you know, a, a running you, – you can't ground if you can't pound. So, you know, you can run the ball all you want, but if your defense is going out there and get lit up and it just feels – with the Earl Thomas situation, I'm actually at the point where, like, I look at Earl Thomas and I wonder, does he even want to go back there? You know, like right. everybody, everybody that, you know, he started that with is gone and they're in a rebuild period. And I look at it and, like, Earl Thomas could – to go play anywhere. So I don't know, does he hold out the whole year? Does he get to a point where he asks for, you know, demands a trade or whatever? So 
you know, right. again, the passing game players, because I think there'll be a lot of garbage time points out there in Seattle. You know, I'm high on that. I just, you know, Rashard Penny um, is just not somebody that, I, that I'm fully in on right now because I just think there's too much uncertainty out in Seattle. Yeah, and I think on the defensive side, I do think that the Griffin brothers are interesting, but certainly not uh, <laughs> not not the type of not the coverage in the uh, secondary that they want that they uh, that they want because obviously those guys aren't going to be back there. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch watch them play. I agree, there's be some junk time there. I love the fact that Wilson is probably going to be running around just creating. Uh, that'll be fun to watch, uh, particularly Baldwin. I think taking a flyer, somebody like Tyler Lockett, uh, uh, Lockett could be also really interesting. But I think on the flip side. Those uh, offenses that you might be scared of starting against the uh, Seattle Seahawks for fantasy football might not be that scary anymore. I mean, they're going to be playing the Broncos, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Raiders, the Lions, the Chargers in the first couple of weeks. You know, maybe you wouldn't have wanted to start Case Keenum against them, but now Case Keenum at home against this kind of depleted secondary may not be so bad. Maybe you didn't want to chart, start Trubisky against them, but Trubisky at home against the depleted secondary maybe not so bad. And so on and so forth. Dak Prescott and whoever is going to be under center for the Cardinals by week four may not be Sam Bradford. So, you know, I, I think that's really the impact that I, I have a takeaway here that looking at this, it may actually change the way I think about starting like mediocre starting quarterbacks and how they might fare against this kind of depleted secondary that's in Seattle now. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and we have, we're actually, believe it or not, we're, we're running Running a little short again, so let's go ahead and ring the bell. Let's talk about our last topic. Let's talk about Andrew Luck. So the Indianapolis Star reports that Andrew Luck has said that his surgically repaired shoulder remains pain-free after ramping up rehab and throwing an actual NFL-sized football. And he even plans to have a throwing session with the Colts receivers prior to training camp. So let's pretend that Luck plays week one. We know that T.Y. Hilton should be good. That shouldn't be any issue. Uh, unless he, as long as they can shake the rust, the rust off. But is there any other wide receiver uh, that you would think would make an impact for the Indianapolis Colts outside of T.Y. Hilton, assuming that Andrew Luck starts week one? No. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I know it's a new regime in there, but it's just been, you know, they found, they found fool's gold a little bit in, uh, in T.Y. And I'm going to, I'm going to, if it right now, I forget where he came from. He's either Florida International or Florida Atlantic. I don't remember which school. But either way, they were looking for, you know, you, know, you look at Philip Dorsett and Dante Moncrief and T.Y. Hilton, and they're all basically the same build of a receiver. And so I just I haven't seen the competency in that organization to, to develop or, or get another good receiver, um, you know, to, to bring anybody in that can do anything. And, and when it comes down to luck, it's just, I'm sorry. I don't care if he starts week one or not. I mean, think of all the reports that have been wrong about Andrew Luck. He wasn't supposed to miss all last year, you know? So you miss that much game time, you come back. I mean, if we're assuming that he starts and assuming that he's good, then, I mean, yes, if he's good, then, you know, Chester Rogers has to look like a deep round fantasy play because he's going to be, for all intents and purposes, the number two guy there. And if he's the number two guy and he put up those numbers he did with Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball last year, then – you know, Andrew Luck's gonna have to go to him, but I just, I again, I look at it like, I just, what, what is Andrew Luck gonna be? And I feel like people, I fought this battle last year, and it was, you know, everyone got to, to, you know, shake their ass in my face for the first month with how Marshawn Lynch looked when he came back, but how did he look down after after the first four weeks last year? Like you can't, yeah. you can't just miss that kind of time 
and come back and be the same guy. It just doesn't work like that. It's too, right. like, you know, they always, to use a cliche, there's being in shape and then there's being in football shape. And even if you're a quarterback, right. and especially the way Andrew Luck plays, I mean, is he going to completely transform his game? Is he going to now, you know, protect himself against hits and, and, and go down and not fight for extra yards? And if he does that, is he the same quarterback? Does he play the same way? I, there's just way too many questions in there right now. So I'm still buying T.Y. because I think their chemistry is always going to be there. Plus, T.Y., you know, even last year, in a down year, he still had a handful of games where he just goes absolutely off because with his speed and his route running ability, he's going to have games like that. So if you give him even, a, you know, even if Andrew Luck is halfway between what he used to be and where uh, Jacoby Brissett was, you know, then I like, I like his chances. But, you know, maybe a couple weeks in, you, you take Chester Rogers off the free agency wire. Um, yeah. you, have to see, you have to see something out of Luck first. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. But I, I will say that there is some reason for optimism. They did draft uh, Quentin Nelson uh, out of Notre Dame uh, to shore up their offensive line. I think he'll be absolutely critical uh, out there, assuming Andrew Luck starts, uh, to keeping him upright, allowing Andrew Luck to play like Andrew Luck. They also got Braden Smith and a guard out of Auburn um, in the second round, so they really did make some moves to shore up that uh, that offensive line. Uh, I will also mention that Robert Turbin has been suspended four games for violation of PD policy, uh, almost a big who cares. I'm actually, you know, uh, excited about the fact that Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines might have a chance to do some more, um, get some more snaps now with him out of the way for the first four games. Maybe they get a chance to create a tandem with Marlon Mack. I'm, I'm not actually not sold on Marlon Mack at all. Um, and, and if you've, uh, and I know you know that I'm a big Jordan Wilkins fan, I mean, the guy uh, was was great out of Ole Miss. He was he came out of a committee, but he was pretty explosive. Thousand yards, you know, nine touchdowns, 241 passing, uh, receiving yards, and uh, receiving touchdown. And and Pro Football Focus actually gave Wilkins the fourth highest pass blocking grade in the running back class that was drafted this year. So so I think there's a lot of potential there um, to not only keep. Andrew Luck upright, keep him protected, give him time to find his receivers, assuming he doesn't have too much rust. Um, but you're, but I agree with you. I think Chester Rogers is a complete dart throw. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton will be fine. Uh, I'm still not completely sold about uh, whether he's going to be a top 10 uh, option. I know you were thinking he's going to be probably at the back end of that top 10. I'm, I'm not completely sold on that yet, but we'll see. I think there's a lot of question marks there. Let me ask you about their tight ends. They also did pick up Eric Ebron in the off season. I know he has totally not lived up to billing uh, in Detroit, but Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, there, two tight ends, both pass catching tight ends, both move tight ends that have potential. Do you think that at all is something you'd want to invest in, in fantasy football, either one of those guys? So I think they're both dart throws again. Um, you know, luck has had success with tight ends. So I wouldn't rule right. out, uh, you know, he made Dwayne Allen at one point look like a like a like a high end you know or, or low end t, uh, tight end. Yeah, one. go figure. Um, yep. I mean, it was pretty touchdown dependent, but still, um, you know, I would. Uh, so I would I would think. I mean, again, if he's huck, if he's healthy and he's playing correct or playing well, you know, he's gonna get the ball to somebody. I actually do like Marlon Mack more than you do. Um, mm-hmm. I just think with the ball in his hands that he's electric and they have to find a way to get the ball in his hands. I don't think he's an every down back, but if he can be them or that, uh, you know, change of pace guy out there, then that, that's something I'm interested in. But I am, I am glad to know that there is one uh, Jordan, uh, you know, first name running back Jordan coming out in the last couple of years that you will, you will buy in on. Hopefully this one's just, uh, you're, you're more correct than you were last time. Oh, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a shot for Jordan Howard for the rest of my life. Aren't I? I just, I just know that's going to happen. 
the white. Hey, I do own a Jordan Howard jersey now. Just so everybody knows, I bought on and I've I've already I paid my penance. I've already uh, I've already fessed up to missing that one. Swing and miss for me. Um, everybody knows it. I have a Jordan <laughs> Howard poll up by the way for for people on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield Denny. So go ahead and check that out. Yeah, I saw that. That's really interesting. Uh, I saw that the, the results are starting to come in hot and heavy there. And what do you? What's your opinion on that? He's going to be a, a first rounder or a second rounder or, or RB one, RB two. What do you think? What are you thinking of Jordan Howard here? I think he's going to be an RB one. I think people are too high on Tariq Cohen. I think and that, that that poll kind of proved it. You know, people people are basically saying he's going to regress while saying this is who he's always been. But, but the stats don't lie. In the last two years, between the two different formats, he's only finished as RB two once, and he was for the 14th ranked running back, and that was in a PPR. But in both years, he's been top 10 in, in standard leagues, and uh, he had a 10th place finish in PPR in 2016. So um, he's a low-end RB1 that's going at the 16th back off the boards right now, and I just think that's far too low for him. Yeah, I love it. I love the call, and I, I will definitely invest in more Jordan Howard. And that brings us to the end of our show, Blow the Horn on the show. Uh, okay, Ryan, why don't you give us your uh, social media so people can follow you? Absolutely. Everyone get out a pen. You can follow me at Ryan Whitfield N E. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, football underscore garbage underscore time. Check out my boys at draftingsleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. Check out uh, ADF1 or ADF Chris1 on, on Twitter. I don't have my shout outs <laughs> ready to go today, obviously. But for the best coverage in football, uh, and then uh, make sure you follow me for anyone who else is doing outside of football stuff. As Boone mentioned, I have a lot going on right now, but I did just join yeah. uh, Fantasy Pros covering uh, as a Baltimore Orioles correspondent covering their pitcher staff. Uh, so check out some of that content on my Twitter as well. Yeah, everybody follow uh, follow Ryan. There's a lot of great stuff going on there. He's circulating tons of information, so definitely make sure you put it on your follow list. Uh, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Thank you so much for wasting time with us once again. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. And enjoy the Bachelorette for all my Bachelorette fans out there. <laughs> That's right. Enjoy the Bachelorette.